friends. Let me say good morning again to everyone who is online and in person and welcome to uh, the next session of Commitment to Discipleship. So we are in chapter, I believe it's chapter seven, um, looking at how to train a disciple um, follow-up. And so last week we kind of jumped, um, jumped into it, um, looking at a few slides, um, understanding that in our um, once we recruit disciples, it's important for us to continue to follow up with that disciple, not just say, hey, you know, um, introduce them to discipleship and then leave them, leave them behind. And so as, um, as a, we grow as disciples, we should be able to walk with each other in this process uh, for um, making the commitment to discipleship is not easy, that it's going to be very challenging. And so we need the body of Christ um, in this process here. And so uh, we talked about um, how important it is to, to follow up uh, with one another and that when it comes to, um, for building and for edifying one another, it's not left in one person's hands. It's not left to the leaders um, of the church, but everyone, everyone um, in the body of Christ plays a part of edification or in encouraging and teaching and uplifting one another. And so, um, and so that's something that uh, we were not really taught in, in our um, religious experience, but uh, scripture gives us ample um, evidence that we should be encouraging and uplifting one another. And it is the body's responsibility to do so. So um, are there any questions or comments from last week or from your reading that you may have? So if there are any questions, we'll go ahead and, and jump right back in um, to, to our lesson. Um, I got a sneeze and it won't come out. So, um, and so one thing that uh, we've been emphasizing, like I said, that we need the, the body to do this particular work is that discipleship is both a corporate um, experience and an individual um, experience. And so uh, when we look at the, the uh, book of Corinthians, the first book of uh, Corinthians, uh, chapter three, Paul talks about um, in a corporate sense, the body of Christ. He says, for you are God's fellow workers. Um, you are God's field, God's building. Then he goes on a few verses down in verse 16 to 17. It says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, uh, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And so Jesus, God, he dwells in us collectively. So we are God's temple corporately and also individually. So we all make up the dwelling place of God. And so in this particular verse, 
um, he says, Paul says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. And that lets us know that we have protection as the corporate body that uh, when, um, when Jesus said that the, the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, um, we see even more evidence that Paul says that we, uh, that anyone will try to come up against the church, come up against the body, will be destroyed. So that's something to rejoice in and that no one can come up against us. No one can try to destroy us um, for we have protection in God. Um, and so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, we see an example of Paul talking about the body in an individual, um, in an individual way. Uh, chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, that says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you, will, you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. And so here um, he talks about the temple in an individual sense, your literal body. And so here we see a few uses of the body that Paul speaks of. We see a corporate um, example and we see an individual example when it comes to talking about the body. And so the textbook author speaks about the body in an individual sense, but we want to definitely keep in mind the corporate aspect of the body as well. We can't do this work. We can't be strong disciples without each other, without the body of Christ, okay? All right, so any questions or comments? All right, cool. So let me hop into where we left off here um, on the slides. Okay, so here is where I kind of left off last week. Um, it says, follow-up involves our understanding that the Lord has given us the gift of fellowship, koinonia. So fellowship involves the recognition among God's people that they have a responsibility for one another's well-being and spiritual growth. And so I emphasized last week that when we do come together, when we fellowship with one another, whether it be going out to eat or just hanging out at someone's house, whatever it is, our conversation cannot be about gossip or talking about one another, but we must be encouraging. We must uplift one another in the word of God. And so this work is ongoing. So it, it goes beyond the classroom setting. Um, so we must do better when, we're, when we are fellowshipping with one another. So once uh, we make a commitment, we have a responsibility to one another, okay? So the church is an assembly, a congregation, or a community of disciples. And so we minister to one another for the building up of the body and the equipping of the saints. And so we must be mindful of how we fellowship with one another. Just because you're from, you're away from the local church, uh, you're outside of the building, does not mean uh, coast is clear that you can do whatever you wanna do. Uh, we are we are the body, and so we must uh, be that representative that God has called us uh, to be. So, um, how will the world know of, of God? It is through us, and so we must always be representing Him, no matter where we go. Okay, and so uh, um, yeah, in this corporate work, it is uh, not 
for the world, but the world will know that we are his disciples by the way we fellowship with one another. And then in 1 Thessalonians um, 5, let me see if I have that yet, 5 and 11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So Paul is, um, is encouraging the Thessalonians to keep at it, that they are encouraging and uplifting one another. And then we see in Romans 12, um, 4 through 12, that talks about us being one body, but many members. And so, um, and so we all, you know, don't have the same function, even though we're part of the same, we're part of the same body, but different people have different functions, uh, different responsibilities. And so, um, and so Romans 12, if you want to read that, uh, verses 4 through 21 talks about the body and how we need to rejoice with those who rejoice and love one another and um, things of that sort. So um, definitely read that. Let me go back to here to the slide that says scripture helps us to see that the process of moving from a newborn babe to spiritual maturity is the task and the responsibility of all disciples of Jesus Christ. Okay. And so we have a role to play in common edification. And this work happens more effectively when you're in the culture of discipleship. Uh, we need to teach um, those to move from um, being on milk to solid food, uh, according to Hebrews chapter five. Um, and so for us to, uh, uh, it says for, for solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice distinguished from good and evil. And so you can't have effective discernment if you're not trained in the word of God. And so you're, that's the way you're able to discern good from evil. It's not common sense. It's not uh, something that you just been taught by experience, but it's through the word of God that we're able to discern what is good and what is of evil. Um, and so uh, in Philippians chapter three, it says, uh, verse 15, I'm up here not, uh, 3 and 15, it says, um, let us, let, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So here, Paul is giving us an example of someone who is a mentor and model, uh, modeling this word of God, this walk, this discipleship walk. And he's telling his, the other brothers to join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example. And so that's something that we are uh, encouraged to do is to look to those who are walking out this thing, even today, not just those people in the Bible days, but even today, we are, are looking for that example. We need to learn how, how in the world do you walk out discipleship every day? And so we need to uh, get to the point in being mature to be that example for those who are coming up behind us. And so that, that is our uh, everyday walk and that is our kind of our call uh, for, for, us to, for us to do. And so um, whatever the gift the Lord has given you, um, it, it plays a part in the building up of the body. And so um, 
uh, the job is to find out where you fit in the body. And so, and we are all responsible for helping each other out to find their place um, in the body. And so uh, thankfully that work is not left to us alone. We we're just trying, we're wandering out here, trying to figure out what's my calling, what's my spiritual gift. You don't have to do that alone. Um, the Lord set forth leaders. He set forth disciples to help you in this journey, okay? Um, and so let's go on to the next slide if there are any questions or comments. Okay. Um, the next slide says, beyond the principles seen in this passage of scripture and other basic components that are sure to result in progress towards spiritual maturity, if adhered to with fidelity. So when you hear the phrase adhere to with fidelity, what do you have in mind or what comes in mind when you're, when um, I'll read it again, it says beyond the principles seen in this passage of scripture and other basic components that are sure to result in progress towards spiritual maturity, if adhered to with fidelity. What does that mean to you? Just that phrase adhered to with fidelity. Anybody? No thoughts when we hear that? All right, I guess the saints are still sleeping. Amen. All right, all right, all right, all right. So when we um is that hey, yep. Um when it says that uh is it uh of course, I just looked up the word by that to make sure I knew what that was first. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I mean, literally, like, adhering to, sticking to, um, uh, making it your goal to be a part of being faithful to what we are doing or what you are doing. Okay. Anybody else? Or, I mean, just back to the concept that Paul was talking about that um, uh, uh, being that example and he's kind of putting all that together, just being that, that loyal person, that example, but mm -hmm. being that, as you are saying, like, how do I be a disciple every day? Not just when I'm in TLC or when I'm in the, in the building, you feel what I'm saying? Right. So sticking yeah. that thing out faithfully and continually, demonstrating loyalty to it. Right, yeah, so the key word that you said is loyalty, yeah. You had something? That came out the definition. The definition. <laughs> she said, you look at the definition. Well, yeah. Uh, I said I was. <laughs> so yeah, it's about loyalty. It's about commitment. It's about faithfulness. Um, so you want to, in your progress towards spiritual maturity, do it with uh, do it with commitment. Do it with loyalty. Do it with truth. Do it with honor. Um, and so uh, that's what that particular phrase means. So the Bible uses the word wholeheartedly. Um, so you should be in pursuit wholeheartedly. Um, and so this process of discipleship is not going to work if you're not committed. If you're not loyal. If you're not uh, faithful. If you're not honest. If you're not truthful. 
you're not going to really see the full benefit of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, okay? Um, any other comments or questions? All right, cool beans. Let's go to the book. Let's hop into the book. So we're going to spend the majority, the rest of the time in the book, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think I read my slides. Uh, so we're going to spend a majority of the time in the book on page, I believe it's 89 of your book. So how to train a disciple, um, follow up. So it says, making disciples begin with the task of evangelism. Um, he says that if we uh, work only with Christians in our disciple-making ministry, then the net gain to the kingdom of God is zero. So I had an issue with that statement right there. And I want to know if anybody caught that or not, or yeah, just kind of probably read by it. Anybody have uh, any thoughts about that? He said that if we work only with Christians in our disciple-making ministry, then the net gain to the kingdom of God is zero. I think he's, his, it sounded like to me that, because I kind of struggle with that too, mm -hmm. that he uh, is trying to match evangelism and discipleship in the same mm -hmm. um, juncture. And um, um, so it, it looked like it, took, it takes away uh, after you have received Christ and you're ready now to come to be a disciple, now you're ready to be trained and study. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just, there's no clear separation. Mm -hmm. Like it's just all man. Yeah, he, he does have a, uh, a habit of doing that. He kind of equates Christianity and discipleship or whatever. Um, anybody else? Yeah, thank you for that, that statement there. What I found really weird about the statement that this is very it's an untrue statement so if we all came from christianity or you know people are, some people are still in christianity and um if we can if we're able to work with other christians and get them to the place of understanding discipleship and understanding who they are in christ then we as we, we can we can be as witnesses as as you continue to learn a lot of the religious things begin to like fade away and you begin to really see who you are in Christ and um, and to move them into the ways of God. That is actually a plus for the kingdom. So I don't see what the I see what the author is trying to say, working with like we always use the term. I think it's like transfer members. When you go to church, you'd be like, we don't want transfer members. We want new people in Christ and things like that. And so he's thinking that um, that uh, dealing with people who already believe is not really a quantitative plus for the kingdom. But if you work with people who are believers or you know who claim to be Christians and then trying to move them in the ways of the Lord, um, so for the kingdom of God is what? The rule, reign, and dominion, if you will help them to understand that they need to submit to God and allow, it, allow God to have full rate of dominion, that is a plus for the kingdom. And so he's looking more of a number, adding to the number, but I'm looking as, as a qualitative, the, the, the quality of life uh, for you to be submitted as a, a true disciple uh, to the kingdom of God. So you have something? Yeah, it, again, it just, it, 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 uh, it stands out because mm -hmm. for me, 
again, uh, it is a progression. Mm -hmm. We are to progress in yeah. God. And so, um, you know, even a believer got to, got to move past from just being a believer yeah. to move on to maturity. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is through the avenue of discipleship. Right, it is. It's definitely through. Yeah, go ahead, Lindsay. Do you think that he was, he said that statement on the thought that they were already there? Yeah, I think so. That's that's what that's what I'm thinking too. As far as um, he he talks about, we work only with Christians, so they're already a part of the church. Is that what you're saying? What? Yeah, that. But mm -hmm. also, like with, with your thought, uh -huh. um, as far as you know, the quantitative, you know, weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you think that in his statement, in his in his thought process of that, mm -hmm. that he is already thinking? The Christian is already at that at qualitative that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that too. Yeah, he, yeah, and that's why he figures that still dealing with those who have already arrived is not uh, productive or it doesn't add anything to the kingdom. Yeah, right, right. We have not, like you said, it's a pro it's a process, and even when you think you have arrived, you have not arrived. And so, and so it is an ongoing thing. And so it is, it's still productive, even in our growth, even though we may understand, you know, the things of the kingdom, but as we continue to grow, like if Peter says to keep adding to your faith, adding to what you know, that is still a plus for the kingdom. It just doesn't end right there. Like growing is a plus, no matter if it's a baby step or a giant leap. Growing is a plus. So, yeah. So, I just wanted to see if anybody had any thoughts on that particular statement there. Anybody else? Okay. All right. So, because um, I wrote, let's see here. Um, if they are a true believer, then they will begin to move and become disciples and they will begin a journey, a journey like we talked about, progressive journey of, of bearing fruit. Then that is advancing the advancing the kingdom, teaching them how to live under the rule, reign, and dominion of God. So, um, and so when you read it, you think like maybe the author don't have an understanding of the kingdom. That might be an uh, issue as well. So we gotta have to <laughs> the discipleship aspect for me goes mm -hmm. moves into the training, the equipment. Mm -hmm. You can't, right? You can't understand the kingdom. Yeah, and so even evangelizing will go on. That's adding to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you get as you are adding to, and those who are there, mm -hmm. we're going to continue to need the equipment, the training, and mm -hmm. the giftings in all other facets of how mm -hmm. God created and formed us. Yeah. So like you said, evangelism gets you to the door. And then what you going to do beyond the door? So we standing there again, like, I don't know, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, a lot of statements that you made, guys, just be like, okay. Yeah, so um, the next sentence um, says, aggressive evangelism is the mark of the committed disciple and is uh, primarily from the fruit of this evangelism that he chooses his Timothy, the person he seeks to disciple. So next paragraph, it says, if the, if the first step in the disciple-making process is evangelism, the second is follow-up. 
It is one thing to engage the enemy in combat and set captives free, but it's altogether another thing to spend the necessary time with the new convert to see that he grows and mature in the likeness of, of Jesus Christ. So I understand what the textbook author is trying to um, uh, wait a minute, won't you text Lindsay that I know you want me to text. I can't answer that right now. Um, um, I understand what the what the author is trying to to say when it comes to you know when you when you are saved, you are that's a, a form form of freedom, and that is uh, that is your justification. But even as you are saved, you still are in this daily bondage if you aren't ex, uh, moving in the word of God, if you're not living uh, for, for Jesus Christ. And so there are two types of freedom. You got justification freedom, which basically just turns you to a different direction. But sanctification freedom allows you to keep moving, keep on progressing in your freedom. And so the author is saying that evangelism can set you free but that's only one phase of freedom, which is justification. And then it says like, um, uh, but if you, uh, let's see, I already said that. So um, Jesus is saying that in John, that sanctification will set you free because you are coming into the truth. And so John 8, um, 31 and 33, it says that Jesus said to the Jews, if any, if you abide in my word, and you are truly my disciples and you would know the truth and the truth will set you free. So abiding in this word is just not a one-time thing. It is a continual thing. It is a, it is a process. It is a journey. He said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that is um, being set free in, in sanctification. Okay. So, you know, just expound, you know, what the uh, uh, textbook author is saying, just so we can have a, you know, a understanding. Go ahead. And I know this is, has nothing to do, <laughs> but as you were saying that it, it came up in my spirit that because we, we alone cannot, the sanctification, we alone cannot work that out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so this is why, and I know that one day we're going to get to this, uh, there needs to be a discussion about the infilling of the Holy Spirit because that infilling is a daily, daily, a day by day. You know what I mean? And that is what helps us to walk out the mandate of the Word of God in our lives. So you're saying infilling ain't on just Pentecost Sunday? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's totally different from the New Orleans. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And that is something that is not taught. It's yeah. not really telling you. So, we, so yeah. you know, we can't. It, it, everything that we're getting is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But we have to just keep that one person in mind who have been given to as a helper and as Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Um, anybody else? All right, cool. Um, let me see here. Same paragraph picking up. It says, in physical reproduction, the responsible parent's task only begins when the child is born. Afterward, come, after come years of careful nurturing and training to ensure that the child develops uh, to the point where he can marry and assume responsibility for his family. That jumped. So, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, uh, when we think about our experiences, do we have anything in place that teach people on how to biblically handle their families. 
biblically handle uh, their marriages. And I, what I've come to understand when I'm looking uh, at a lot of marriage ministries, family ministries, things of that sort, there's a lot of worldly wisdom uh, in the teachings. And so um, it may sound good. We talked about that appearance of wisdom last week. Uh, it may sound good. We think it's of God. Um, but um, a lot of times when it comes to marriage and families, we rather just hear what the world has to say, not even realizing it because we see how, how good they may have it and how good it may look. But the question that we have to ask, is it of God though? Is it what the Lord outlined in his scriptures for us to achieve? And so, um, and one thing that when it comes to, he's talking about raising, raising a child and things of that sort, one thing that we have to understand when it comes to biblical teaching your kids the Bible, that is not just up to the church to, to teach your ch children the Bible. So it is your responsibility um, as well uh, to uh, educate your children um, in the scriptures. But if you are not a disciple, and if you don't know how to do that, then you really are not going to be fruitful in that. Um, they, won't, they won't be able to raise up this child in the way of the Lord until they're able, uh, until they hear the call from the Lord to, to, uh, for, for uh, them to receive God as their savior. But um, so it's just like that whole thing of spiritual babes, having spiritual babes and, and trying to raise a baby. You got babies raising babies. And so this is why when it comes to marriage and family, that discipleship is so important so that you can have healthy relationships. You can have a healthy marriage and you can have healthy children as well. And so, um, so this author, he talks about um, the importance of uh, parents, their task of raising children and, and um, to the point where they can you know, make decisions and things of that sort. But um, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about train up a child in the way that they should go. And when he is old, he would not depart from it. So it is our responsibility to continue to train and raise up. Um, any questions or comments about that? All right. I did have one um, comment about- Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, about not necessarily about training, but about knowing when the body has reached maturity. Um, I've been looking for this scripture and I found it finally. Um, because every time I read it, I'm like, wow, the church is still struggling with all of this stuff. In Hebrews 6, 1, when Paul says, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith toward God, instruction about washings and laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. But the body as a corporate whole body is still struggling with all of this stuff. So how, how do we know when the universal church 
has reached maturity. <laughs> We're we still struggling, splitting and all of that over all of these topics. So are we mature as a whole corporate body? <laughs> so you asked a really, really, really good question, a really important question. And what we can do is um, have responsibility of ourselves and where we are like we're not going to be able to change the entire corporate body and like you said they're still dealing with these elementary things and so even you said until jesus come we're going to be wrestling uh with these things but it's so important that we as individuals and as we are the local body um and those who come in that we will try and strive for, for maturity. In Luke 6 and 39 to 40, it talks about uh, when the disciple um, is mature, he will become like his teacher. And so, um, and so it, it, in that particular uh, passage, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples and in that he is doing training, he is teaching, he is mentoring, he is modeling for his disciples and they do eventually become like the teacher. And so uh, that is a you know sign of uh, spiritual maturity too. And so, yeah, as a corporate body, it's just, it's, it's going to have its issues because of the strong emphasis of Christianity on the corporate body um, to the point where a lot of people can't discern good from evil because it's so, sneaky it's so cunning when you think when you look at the similarities and the differences and things of that sort and so that's why we really need the word of god to cut through that so uh because to, uh, to, to there's no gray shade everything's black and white you know everything is uh what the word is and so growing in god man it's just uh is a uh sign of spiritual spiritual maturity go ahead Eva. i just want to put this out just for this for the older father mm -hmm. um and this what helps keeps me grounded and keeps me to help me to continue to walk and understand as i'm walking yeah remember the word of god tells us that the land the, uh, uh, the lamb was slain mm -hmm. before the foundation of the world mm -hmm. So this happened before Jesus came. Oh, yeah. Now stop there. Mm -hmm. If that happened before Jesus came, then the bride of Christ is already in her perfect beauty. Mm -hmm. The uh, body of Christ is already mature mm -hmm. because all this happened in the realm of the spirit before all we're doing is walking out and walking through. What is so? It, God's not perturbed by. Is you gonna grow up? Is the members gonna do this? Mm -hmm. No, now this is for us individually and, and collectively, mm -hmm. but for the most part, we don't have to concern ourselves with what has already been the finished, it's already has been done. We're just walking in the commercial of it. Right. And to add on to what he was saying, that Paul gives us the instruction that we are to keep continue to build on the on the building until he comes. And so this is the, the position that we should be in. This is what the position that when Jesus comes, he shall find us building on the building. And so this is, is we're not, like you said, we're not going to arrive to a, a, a pinnacle where we just know every, we ain't going to know everything until we cross over into <laughs> the eternity. And so uh, our responsibility is to continue to 
to build, to continue to grow uh, in this in this word. So that's that's our work. That's our job. And so, like Eva said, the church is already um, in its beauty. And so what, what our responsibility is to continue to work, continue to grow until Jesus calls us home. Amen. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Tracy. I was. I just was. I'm going to paint this picture. Go ahead. It's like if you, if I draw a building on a big uh, canvas, mm -hmm. and you, I could, and I'm a good artist. I'm not, but <laughs> <laughs> just saying. And you can see the bricks. Every brick is made. Can mm -hmm. you see that? Can you say? Once you get the picture, mm -hmm. every brick is made. That's the spirit realm. So when Jesus comes back, we should. If I'm a brick mm -hmm. to the big temple to the overall building, we all like the stones. Then I'm a perfect fit mm -hmm. to the model. Mm -hmm. Understand? In place. Yeah. yeah. So all he's doing is putting me in my place. So now, if if he pick up this stone and this stone, then okay. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not. I came back for it, but you you didn't do what you're supposed to do. So right. you're not even mimicking, mm -hmm. or you're not showing the image of what is there. Mm -hmm. So I can't put you in place. If there's no place for ungodliness there. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yep. Yep. Any anybody else? All right. Cool. Thank you for that question. That was a <laughs> a really good question, Tracy. So yeah, yeah. Um, let's go. Let's see here. Uh, the next paragraph it says follow up. Then is a spirit uh, is spiritual pediatrics the care and protection of the spiritual infant. Um, and so when a person decides to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, no matter how many years they've been in church, no matter how many years they have experienced, if they're now coming over to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we should assume that that person is an infant in the spirit. OK, and so we have work to do. We have groundwork to do. And I know they're going to fight it because they think they know it all. They think they have arrived. And so it is important for us to as leaders continue to grow so that we can, we're able to guide them correctly in the word of God, okay? Uh, I know I struggle with that coming into discipleship and years of training and school, blah, blah. I had to throw all that out because I ain't know nothing. And then coming, coming into discipleship and really looking at the scriptures, I was a babe in Christ. And I remember when I was going through discipleship and Wayne would ask me to do stuff and I'd be like, no, because I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know about prayer. I don't know about this stuff. Like, I had to flush it all out and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to guide me in this word and allow my mentors to guide me in the word. I thought I knew it all, but I had to throw it to the side. And that's okay. And so a lot of us um, have gotten to that place or will get to the place when you decide to become a disciple to just, uh, Paul says, like, I counted all as rubbish. And that's one educated man right there. And he threw it all to the side. Um, he said to the surpassing work, to the, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we have to eventually come to that point where everything is just out. And Lord, teach me from the beginning. Teach me, feed me on milk to move, and then move me up to on a solid food. Go ahead. And you're right, y'all. We all have to remain humble. Humble. We have to remain humble because I don't care how much we think we know. Mm -hmm. There is that immature or that uh, vague area that 
that that infancy area stuff you don't know you're a babe in that area mm -hmm. so you know we never get to the place because you because you're such a student in this area, but you don't know nothing in this area. Mm -hmm. So we walk in humility, yeah. then knowing that, hey, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a big girl here, right. but I ain't got this. I ain't so got I've been first when the historical events. <laughs> Amen. I've yeah. about Same Amen. So, but uh, uh, allowing, our, allowing myself to, to be stretched, and knowing that I needed the nutrients and the nourishment from that, it made me better to where I am. And it helped me understand much more. But I was a babe. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Good morning. Good morning. Um, this is Toya. So um, just wanted to add to that. Just our many of us have that testimony, you know. Um, growing up in church, um, not just as a uh, um, a believer, many of us have believed for a lot of years. However, many of us were not into discipleship. And so many of us are just now coming into discipleship um, to an extent, you know, yeah. Um, when we were younger, they the church encouraged, encouraged us to um, go out and, uh, you know, um, invite your friends to church, but true discipleship, like going out and talking to people, God will like, just how we talked about God putting people in your way, um, for an opportunity for you to, um, minister to them. But that's many of our testimonies is we are just now becoming true disciples and, um, humility is like mother said, humble yourself. Humility is key because when you've grown up in church um, and you've had, you know, some good wisdom around you, people who are knowledgeable, you do think you know it all. You do think that you know um, more than the majority. And uh, many of us have been taught here recently that we don't. And um, I just, I just bless God for, um, for growing us up. Yeah, thank you for that. That's good. Yeah, it's a great moment. Go ahead, Wayne. Um, I'm just thinking about uh, number one, just talking about just knowing. I mean, even Paul flat out saying like this knowledge, like knowledge itself, so easily puffs up. You get what I'm saying? Like the mm -hmm. more, the more we know, the more we got to be careful and walk in that humility that you all was speaking of. Uh, because if not, it'll get us together. Um, and uh, you guys have made another point. And I'm going to ride this hog today. Uh, you, are, you guys have made another point about laying everything down. Um, can y'all hear me? Because I'm yeah. driving. Yeah. On the, okay. All right. Yeah, just occasionally say, mm-hmm, just so I'll know my signal's still here. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um just laying that stuff down and what I keep trying to get even these believers that I'm around and people who I talk to and that are to, to even Paul would even lay down his Roman citizenship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, he, and the only time I remember him using it is when he needed to, to get God's work done when it was necessary outside of that. He was like, man, because he understood what he was in as far as the kingdom of God was greater than 
being a Roman citizen, even though that gave him power and authority in so many places. And yeah. I tell people all the time, like, listen, like, I'm grateful that I will be born in America, you know, and I've been a couple places, you know, I'm grateful that I was born in Ohio, you know, done experiencing things in other states and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I lay all that stuff down, you know, like it means nothing in comparison to like, it's just into who I am as a citizen of the kingdom. Yeah. I'm gonna pay these taxes, blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm still in this world. But at the end of the day, I am not so American that my American agenda or thought um, uh, uh, usurps, however you say that word, uh, uh, I can't say it right now, but it, it overthrows who I am as a kingdom citizen. And that's what scares me about a lot of these people that I'm around now, because of course they're big Christians, you know, but it makes me nervous because they're so... They're so American, but somewhat, maybe, I think I'm a kingdom citizen, as long as I'm, my American agenda is first. Sheesh. Right, I was like, you know, open up something else when he said that. That's why I turned my head. <laughs> because it just what y'all said just brought all of that back to my mind again, just like just throwing everything down. And I remember just thinking about just a few years ago when you started teaching. And at first I was just like, man, this is heavy. But my mindset was, let me throw it all down, everything that I think, at least so that I can try to understand rather than trying to prove my agenda. And clearly the Lord had prepped me for that kind of mindset when I was just when we first started the first church. And the Lord was like, I want you to go over here and don't go over there trying to be the big man. Don't go over there thinking you bigger or better than him. Just go over there and just serve and learn what you can while I have you there. And that took a lot of humility to do that. And it takes a lot of humility to turn around and somebody to come to you and say, hey, Wayman, I think a lot of stuff we were taught was so just in error or it was just off to a degree that there's more out here and you know how you're you know somebody can tell you like it's better out here but you're so accustomed to what you eat that you get nervous in yourself like do I really want to eat that because I'm accustomed to this you feel what I'm saying like somebody put me in first class and I was uncomfortable and they're like why are you so uncomfortable because I'm a I'm used to sitting with everybody else I'm used to being uncomfortable in the uncomfortable seat that I could not enjoy the upgrade and it's because we're not willing to throw all that stuff down and find God's agenda first and figure out where it has its place. And if it don't have a place, be willing to set it aside and say, let me go forward to, because uh, we say stuff like that. I want to please God more than men. No, you don't, because we constantly go with man's agenda over God's all the time. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, I'm getting off this hog now. Okay, all right. You don't roll it till we turn right. right. I'm, I'm I'm coming in the house. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you said a mouthful right there. So yeah, thank you for for that. Jesus, let me let me finish. I'm trying to push still here. I ain't gonna make it. I'll be hoping to push. I know. Shoot. Uh, finishing that paragraph says it deals with the development of new babes in Christ from the time of their new birth until they grow 
and provide for themselves. So how long it takes for you to become a babe to being spiritually mature, it's really, it depends, uh, it's between you and the Lord on that, okay? But it really helps, it really benefits when you're in a culture of discipleship, culture of growing, a culture of learning. So um, next paragraph says the Bible teaches us that God has a father's heart. Um, let me move on here. Next, I think the next, in that paragraph, it says, we are shocked to the point of unbelief when we hear of a baby being left alone without proper care. But for some reason, our conscience are dull when we hear new babes of Christ um, being neglected. Left alone, they slip into carnality. And so, uh, in our... <laughs> I know in my experience, even when someone's, when you become saved, they say, go read your Bible, go pray. That's a form of being neglected because we are not trained to read our Bibles. We're not trained in prayer. Later on in this particular chapter, he talks about how prayer is just a, a conversation with God and all this. No, prayer is more than that. Like prayer is, that's why I struggle with prayer because it's, I wrestle with the fact that I was taught that prayer is a communication. You're just talking with God about your problems and all that stuff. No, to a point where you have to know the authority in the word of God, the things that he want for you to pray, want for you to understand in that thing. You just can't approach God in any way or whatnot. There's, there's, there's a way you must. And so, um, and so yeah, I, I chuckled at that um, about being neglected, but in our at least in my church experience, when I now I understand that when people tell you just go read, go pray, go do this, it's a form of neglect because there's no training. There's no, there's no, uh, like I said, the baby taking care of the baby. There's no, there's none of that really. And so uh, let's see here. Next paragraph it says many are afraid to become involved in this hassle follow up because they feel inadequate. They do not think. Uh, they know enough about the Christian life or uh, the life to assume uh, the responsibility of becoming a spiritual parent. So it's not that you uh, don't feel in that you feel inadequate. You are not adequate. You are not. Scripture says it. Scripture says it. I'm just gonna let you know. Scripture says you're not adequate. He says it in Luke 6:39. He says that can a blind man lead a blind man? Would they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will become like his teacher. And so the, the fact that you feel inadequate, more than likely you are. So that's why you need to continue in the word of God, continue to press and continue to grow. Um, um, and so, uh, and then go back in the book, it says, or they feel that they have gone so far to go um, and the believers like themselves that someone should be teaching them rather, rather than they teach someone else. All of these feelings of inadequacies are quite normal and probably will never leave. It will leave because the scripture says when you become like the teacher, you'll be able to, to teach. And so um, he said when you are fully trained. Um, and so you won't feel this inadequacy anymore, but you still must continue to press though. There's a thin line of being adequate to, to teach and, and to train and then being puffed up or uh, being prideful. It's a very thin line. So you want to, uh, you, 
you feel because when you are fully trained then you have the empower and the authority to teach and to train and do whatever it is that God has called you to do. But it's so easily to slip into pride thinking that you have arrived, but you have not. Uh, so you you got to a point of not of not feeling uh, adequate, but you still have miles to go. But now you have the power and authority to do what it is that God has called for you to do. Go ahead. There's an appetite that comes with this. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that appetite must be committed and consistent. Yeah. So if you're not going to commit to it, Thing and even uh, barely committed to it, but you're not consistent with it, mm -hmm. then you're going to always fall back to inadequacy. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we talked about, yes, being committed that that adhere to with fidelity. Yeah. You have to be committed and be consistent in that thing uh, for, and then eventually you will feel adequate. But if you're doing just a little bit here, a little bit there, you fall off, months later, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna feel inadequate because you're not in constant training about this thing, okay? Um let's see here. I wanna go to let's see here. I think it's a oh the last paragraph before ensure proper care. It says follow-up is nothing more and nothing less than parental concern coupled with common sense. <laughs> there are however some basic guidelines for helping new believers reach maturity. And so when he says common sense, that's one thing that you do not want to uh, depend on is your common sense. Common sense is of the devil. I'm going to uh -oh. let you know that now. So becoming spiritual discern, being spiritually discerned does not just come with prayer, does not just say, Lord, just give me the discernment. No, it comes with a knowledge and understanding of his word. So common suggests uh, common sense suggests that it is coming from my flesh, but according to Romans 7, my, my flesh is totally depraved and so under sin. So why would I depend on common sense? You don't want that. And I wish I had this, this survey. Remember the, the surveys I kept showing you? It's uh, uh, from Pew Forum on how it was a, a topic that says, uh, how do you deal with issues, whatever. Some people say, you know, they'll, they'll look to the word. One was common sense, one was family. And common sense was just like, I think 48% of people depend on common sense to make decisions in life. That's, a, that's big, go ahead. That, 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 uh, 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 name it, uh, uh, Adam, what's that? Adam, Adam H. H. Oh, okay, okay. Adam nature, yeah. <laughs> That that out of nature, you know, we have to understand at one point before the fall, uh -huh. okay, we can utilize that. Yeah. But after the fall, you cannot lean on common sense that you was sharing mm -hmm. because that's um that's that natural nature, mm -hmm. and so we're not to 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 uh, uh retrieve or, or pull anything from the flesh of that carnal side. We're supposed to be listening to our spirit. Our spirit listening to the Holy Spirit, so it's a discernment. It's the it's the it's the it's the uh, the knowing of the Spirit is what we move by. Yes, yes, yes. So don't 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 rely on your common sense. Please do not. Please do not. If you can't find it in scripture, you, then then go back to draw, draw board. So yes, definitely. Um, 
I know I'm at the end of the time here. Um, I, I didn't want to expand and go to next week, but I'm going to touch on this some more next week, but I am going to jump into chapter eight next week as well. So definitely cover, uh, definitely go ahead and read uh, chapter eight. I'm not going to spend a lot of time left in, in this chapter, but I'm going to, I'm going further in chapter eight. Uh, so it talks about imparting the basics, okay? So any other questions or comments? We had a very good discussion today. All right, cool beans. So I'll go ahead and pray and then we'll, we'll uh, see you all next week. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to come together and to study your word, oh God. We thank you, God, that uh, you have not uh, required for us to depend on common sense. <laughs> we think we are thankful for the Holy Spirit that constantly helps us and constantly encourages us in your word, Father, um, that he uh, allows us uh, to move according to the rhythm of the word, Father. So we're thankful for that. Um, so we're praying for, for those who are, uh, are new in discipleship or who haven't made the decision to be a disciple of Jesus Christ that something is said or something that is done that would um, allow them to uh, make that proclamation, make that uh, commitment uh, to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So God, help us as we continue to study in your word, that we uh, grow an appetite to continue in your word, Father, that uh, the only time we pick up this book is the night before the day of, but allow us to continue to read and to study and become better in your Father. So. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the refrigerator was open. The refrigerator was open. No I was just here.